When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I spit it through the wire, man. Too much stuff on my heart right now, man. What's happening, people? Welcome to the Destination Debbie Waiver Wire Show, Week 5 edition. I'm your host, Ike. Follow me on Twitter at just underscore Ike09. And as always, I got to mention that I am one half of the Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, dropping every Thursday on the channel. So please be sure to tune into that. But today we're going to talk through some week five waiver pickups. And that means we're at the first quarter. First quarter of the season is, is in the books, is basically in the books. I know we got one more game tonight. At the time of this recording, the Monday night game between the Giants and the Seahawks has not kicked off yet. So, you know, we're we're into bye weeks now. We got the Seahawks, we got the Browns, we got the Chargers, and we got the Bucks on bye week in week five. A lot of marquee players there, a lot of marquee players there. So if you were kind of on the sidelines, kind of sitting on the fence about making moves, you got very little choice now. Now it's now it's really, really time to strike, especially if you're you know, you're sitting in that one in three, oh and four range. Start making some trades. Really, really pay attention to the waiver wire. Find some hidden gems. And today I'm going to talk through a couple of those. But before I get to that, we always got to talk about injuries. Because injuries are a recurring theme. They will be a recurring theme throughout the year. So first, got to talk about T. Higgins. He's got a rib injury. He was ruled out at the beginning of the second half. And that Bengals offense, that Bengals offense has not been good so far this year. But T. Higgins, the extent of his rib injury, there's some speculation that he may miss a couple of weeks, but he came out today and said that it shouldn't keep him out long and that he may play this week. But we'll 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 see how his uh, his practice participation is throughout the week. I, I would imagine that he may miss this week, but hey, he may surprise us. He may get shot up before the game and and, and gut it out like DK Metcalf did, because DK Metcalf, he's currently playing with a rib injury, but he's been kind of playing through it. So next, we got Javante Williams, running back for the Broncos, sustained a hip flexor injury. He was ruled out pretty much immediately, pretty much immediately. And, you know, shout out to my boy, uh, Jeff Mueller, who's an injury analyst on the Destination Devi channel, does great work. He mentioned that Javante Williams is likely to miss between one and two games at minimum. And so, you know, again, we'll 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 continue to monitor his health, but um, you know, we'll we'll and we'll talk about you know what you should do in the event of you rostering Javante Williams or if you want to go after that that Broncos backfield. Next is Kenny Pickett. He has a knee injury, 
believes it's a sprained MCL. Thankfully, he did avoid some ACL. He he avoided an ACL injury because when I saw the broadcast, when I saw the injury live, it looked pretty bad. It looked pretty bad initially, but glad that it's just a, you know a sprained MCL. I believe he's just going to miss a couple couple weeks. I believe. And in that same game, the tight end Pat Fryermuth he hurt his hamstring. Don't know the extent of that injury either, but that should probably benefit the backup tight ends Darnell Washington and Zach Gentry. But we'll see how, you know, what what Mike Tomlin, what kind of light that Mike Tomlin shed on that that potential injury. And then, you know, continuing on that the hamstring, you know, c- continuing on that on that hamstring theme, Mike Evans, Bucks wide receiver, hurt his hamstring against the Saints. He was ruled out relatively, I think, early, maybe in the second half, I believe. And so um the the Bucks are going into a bye week in week five. I would imagine it it doesn't seem to be overly serious, so he may be back in week six. But in the event that he's not, we got a couple of guys that we want to target in that Bucks passing game, and we'll get to those here in a second. In that same game, uh, Juwan Johnson tied in for the Saints. He hurt his calf, and I believe that was in pregame warmups because he did not log a single snap, and he was ruled out relatively early. He he made the forty six man game day roster, so I, I would imagine it was something related to pregame warmups that. You know, he wasn't feeling right or he tweaked something. But, you know, that remains to be seen where how, how that goes. And, you know, the tight end distribution in terms of snaps, it all went to Jimmy Graham. He was the the, the top. Um, he, he played the most snaps amongst his tight ends, but he wasn't targeted. So I, I'm not sure what, you know, what beneficiary there is unless, you know, Tatesom Hill is going to assume that role more. But. We'll see how that goes. We'll see what that um, that practice participation is throughout the week, and then just to kind of round out the last the last of these injuries. Backup running back for the Cowboys, Rico Dowdle, hurt his hip. So I believe Deuce Vaughn will will assume that that backup role behind Tony Pollard. Donald Parham, tight end for the Chargers, hurt his wrist. Did not register a catch before hurting his wrist. So, you know, we'll see how how that goes. And you know, the Chargers they're another team on by in Week Five. So. I would imagine he's not going to miss any time. It, at least that's what it appears like. And then Alec Pierce is for the for the Colts wide receiver sustained a concussion or head injury. And as we've seen throughout the throughout the, the season so far, anyone that sustained a concussion during the week goes on to not play the following week. So we can probably count on Alec Pierce missing week uh, week five. And then lastly, Justin Herbert he broke the finger. On his non-throwing hand, but it it didn't impact him all that much. Although he wasn't able to really take snaps under center, and it definitely didn't stop him from firing a 52-yard laser to to Josh Palmer at the end of the game uh, to 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 seal the win for the to seal the win against the Raiders. And so, um, but uh, again, he's entering the bye week, so that's not going to impact him at all. So that rounds out injuries. Let's before we go into week five pickups, let's briefly, briefly recap some of the hits and misses of week four. So with some of the pickups that I had uh, that we had suggested um, for week four. And obviously the first one, the biggest one, Devon A. Chain was, you know, was his week four. I'm sorry, his week three production. Was it a fluke? Was it a fluke? Was not. It definitely was not. We wanted to see what he could he could do for an encore. He only averaged 11 yards per carry. Only finished as the RB five on the week, and over his his last thirty three touches since he entered the lineup in week 
you know, week three, week two, week, yeah, week three, 33 touches, six touchdowns, six touchdowns. And this particular game, in this particular game, he completely outsnapped Raheem Mostert and played 66% of the snaps. He got 42% of the rush attempts. And Raheem Mostert did not do himself any favors by fumbling twice. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of upside that Devon, De, Devon A-Chain, sorry, I said A-Chain at the beginning. He really said he wanted to be called Devon A-Chan. And there's a guy that has had his, his name mispronounced most of his life. I, I definitely appreciate that. And I respect that about him correcting people and as to what he wants to be called. So my bad, Devon A-Chan is, is the guy in, in that Miami backfield that you should definitely, definitely own. I know Jeff Wilson is coming back from IR, or at least that window is opening up for his practice participation, so they can be, so he can be activated. But we don't anticipate him getting that much work. You, you're not going to keep Devon Achan off the field. You're just not. He's he's too explosive. He's too good. And you know we have a small sample size, yes. And there's going to be some regression, yes. But I think he he's firmly he's firmly a top 15 running back at least rest of year at least and then we also got to talk about some of the guys that we missed on versus Roshan Johnson running back to the Bears complete 180 from what happened the previous three weeks in terms of usage Khalil Herbert has severely outsnapped him so you know Khalil Herbert had 79 percent of the snaps got most of the bell bell cow usage Roshan Johnson only had five carries yeah is not very productive not not a good showing from Roshan Johnson and so I, 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 I think he's still a hold for the most part. I think he's still a hold because with rookie running backs, they usually get a bump towards the end of the season. So I'm still holding out hope for that. And then uh, stick, you know, staying with the theme of rookie running backs, Kendra Miller, who we, we labeled as a stash last week. Alvin Kamara's first week back, he got over 60% of the rush attempts and 70, 70% of the snaps. He was never going to be a guy that would overtake Alvin Kamara especially early in the season. I think our, our appeal with Kendrick Miller is that he's, he's an explosive runner. He can spell Kamara, and he can eventually carve out his own standalone value, which we still believe that can happen, but that's going to probably happen towards later this, the latter half of the season. And so um, just be patient. If you still have bench space, he's still a good, he's still a good stash because he can definitely pay dividends. As we've seen year in and year out, these rookie running backs, they end up popping towards the end of the season. And then Kenny Pickett, quarterback for the Steelers, we just mentioned him. He was pretty bad against the Texans, and we thought it was a pretty decent matchup for him. But unfortunately, he he did not deliver, and he got hurt. It was not a good showing from Kenny Pickett. And just to really to to kind of paint a little small picture of, of how bad it was, I was looking at a tweet from Warren Sharp earlier today. Kenny Pickett threw 63% of his first down passes behind the line of scrimmage, which was the highest of any quarterback on the week. That averaged half an air yard. That was the fewest of any quarterback in the week. And the results were very ugly. 11% success rate, 1.9 yards per attempt. And obviously no first downs. No first down attempt gained over five yards. That's, you know, that's a product of the, of the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. And... You know, Kenny Pickett's unwillingness to throw the ball down the field, which he was doing a little bit of, right? You know, the first couple of, couple, first couple of games, but yikes, 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 yikes. 
And in that same game on the other side, CJ Stroud continues to ball again. Once, once again, should not be on waivers, should not be on waivers. I mean, he's still only rostered in what 30% of ESPN leagues. What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Go pick him up. He is a legit QB one and he has a favorable schedule at least over the next month. What are you doing? What the hell are you guys doing? And then so next, and then we got uh, Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston only had one catch. He did see some increased playing time with the absence of Mike Williams. And so, um, you know, they'll, they'll go into the bye and they'll, they'll figure things out and they'll figure out how to get more, get more out of him. But Josh Palmer was a good, a decent beneficiary, led the team in targets with eight, had three catches for 77 yards. I know he was stuck on 26 yards for most of the game until that, that last 50 yard bomb that he caught from Justin Herbert. So, um, that that's kind of how we, we 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 anticipated that that uh, that wide receiver core you know shaking out Josh Palmer kind of you know taking over that that number two role and being a deep threat. And so you know we'll see how they deploy moving forward. And then just rounding it out, Marvin Mims, you know he's he's still still not getting that much playing time. Caught one pass, but that pass went for forty nine yards, and he has a three point nine two yards per route run. <sighs> he leads the, he leads the Broncos wide receivers in receiving yards. And he plays like a quarter of the snaps. But, you know, an encouraging thing is that he had 39% of the route participation on the season, which was a season high, or on, in the game, which was a season high. And so that's a little bit of an encouraging data point um, that we can pinpoint for him to potentially carve out an even bigger role and get a, get a bigger target share. And then lastly, we had Josh Downs for the Colts. He did not do really well. The Colts, I mean, Anthony Richardson only completed 11 passes. So don't want to put it all on him. I think that was just, you know, the game script and, and, and how the game went ultimately. But he, he, I think he'll be fine moving forward as a number two. All right now, let's, let's briefly dive in to our week five pickups, starting with quarterbacks. Here are the three quarterbacks I want you guys to, to go get in your leagues. First is Josh Dobbs, quarterback for the Cardinals. I know, Cardinals quarterback. Not widely owned across all the major platforms, but two out of the last three weeks, he's been a top eight quarterback in fantasy. Top eight quarterback in fantasy. And he's had pretty tough matchups between with, with Dallas and San Francisco. San Francisco was obviously the last one he just played. He was the QB eight. And, you know, in both of those matchups, in both of those matchups against the 49ers and Cowboys, he's had at least an 81 QBR and over 100 passer rating. And so he's been he's been pretty good in, in fantasy. Pretty good in fantasy. I think he's sitting right now at the QB, the QB 15, 14 or 15. So kind of he's knocking on the door of a QB one, knocking on the door a little bit. And his let his next three games, very beatable through the air. Cincinnati, Los Angeles Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks. So he's got a pretty decent schedule. And if you if you're into that streaming, that, that streaming frame of mind. Josh Dobbs will be a guy that you should target. But next, we want to talk about Sam Howe really quick. Still not widely owned across the major platforms. Around 20% on Sleeper, Yahoo, ESPN, ranging between 10 and 20% ownership. This, this past week against the Eagles, bounced back. QB 13, 290 yards and a touchdown, 40 yards rushing, six carries. Has Chicago this upcoming Thursday night, which is a pretty good matchup for anyone. And Chicago usually gets torched. Then he's got the Falcons, Giants, and then the Eagles again over the next month. So, again, another favorable schedule for this guy. And he's second in the league in dropbacks behind Matthew Stafford. So, they're dropping. I mean, they're, they're, they're passing the ball. They're passing the ball quite a bit. They are passing the ball quite a bit in Washington. So, 
with with the next month over the next month the matchups he has pretty pretty decent outlook for Sam Howell. And then lastly, Matthew Stafford, thirty three percent owned on 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 ESPN leagues. The only thing that we need to pay attention to is the fact that he has a hip injury. He did say he'll he'll play, but the biggest thing with him is Cooper Cup is returning. Cooper Cup's impending return to the lineup is gonna is obviously gonna boost his value. He's done wonders with Puka Nakua already. Now adding Cooper Cup to that offense, it, it's gonna be a, it, it's gonna be even even better for them. Most most dropbacks in the league, Matthew Stafford, and he's just coming off of his third 300 yard game of the season. So wheels up for that Rams offense once Cooper Cup comes back. And Matthew Stafford's a good streamer. On to running backs, just have a couple. First, Jaleel McLaughlin, less than 1% owned across all the major platforms. I think it's really simple here. He looked like the best running back on that Broncos team on Sunday. I know Javante Williams exited early with his hip injury, but he had more carries and more targets than Shamaje P. Ryan. He had seven carries for 72 yards and then three catches for 32 yards and a touchdown through the air. And in, as it pertains to his rush yards, 70 of his rushing yards Came after 70 of his 72 rushing yards came after contact. And according to next-gen stats, he had a 71% success rate versus Samaj P. Ron's 33. So I think Jalil McLaughlin is, is a priority add because, you know, Javante Williams, I mean, he's already back, he was already coming back from an injury, and now he has another injury on top of it. Not really, not, not good, not good, not good. But Jalil McLaughlin, definitely a target of mine. The next... Is Chuba Hubbard, running backup running back for the Panthers, between 18 and 32% owned across the major platforms. This last week, he did outproduce Miles Sanders, who was still battling his groin injury, had over, had 41 yards rushing versus Sanders 19, and he played more, had more snaps, and he ran more routes. So there's there's something to be said there with you know Miles Sanders not healthy and and Chuba Hubbard. We've seen him; he can carry a you know a, a full load. If if he's if he's called upon, and so that's another guy that you can stash, and he can eventually carve out some value. Right now, doesn't have doesn't necessarily have standalone value right now, but he does have value as a backup and as, as a handcuff. And if Miles Sanders goes down, he will thrust into some you know borderline RB RB one slash RB two territory. And just a couple of honorable mentions: uh, Zach Charbonnet. I know he's widely owned in uh he's he's widely owned on you know, the three major platforms, 60% ownership on Sleeper and 60% ownership on Yahoo, but still just 41 on ESPN. And he played a lot. He, he's playing a lot more as the weeks progress. He had nine carries for 46 yards last week, and he had a lot of the two-minute drill work. So his playing time's going up, opportunities going up, but Ken Walker is still the dude in that backfield. But there could be a chance that Zach Charbonnet, by the end of the season, carves out some standalone value. So he's he's rostered in, in, in quite a few leagues already, but the leagues that he's not rostered in, pick him up, pick him up. And then lastly, we mentioned him over the last couple of weeks, Tajay Spears, running back, running back for the Titans. He's, you know, he's he's playing, he's playing a lot more than than any other backup running back in recent memory in Tennessee. Uh, 24%, 20%, and 34% owned on cross major platforms. So he had a pretty good game, had a 40 yards rushing, added a couple of catches. So he's been, you know, mildly productive. All right, so on to wide receivers. And the big one I want to mention here, Michael Wilson for the Cardinals. Had a breakout game 
I did mention him two weeks ago as a guy that you should, you should stash because we saw a lot of the uh, underlying metrics looked good in his favor. And he's still widely available across all the major platforms. I think he's less than less than 10% owned across all the major platforms. So this, this last game against San Francisco had over his head, seven catches, 76 yards and two touchdowns. Still, his route participation, he still ran the third most routes, but he was second in targets behind Hollywood Brown. So he's starting to earn a lot more targets. And his 2.3 yards per route run, second amongst all rookie wide receivers behind, of course, Puka Nukuo, who's been killing it. And so, again, we, we, we mentioned two weeks ago, he can earn more opportunities as the season progresses. And looks like that, that has started now. But you still have time to pick him up. So pick him up if you can. And then the next one is, is, is a guy that he, he's obviously widely owned in, 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 in most leagues. But there were a few cases where he was dropped because he was not producing. And you don't really, you're not really confident in this offense right now. But it's the Bengals, uh, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, he stands to benefit once, you know, if T. Higgins misses any extended period of time. Once T. Higgins exited, he did earn a 31% target rate in the second half. And so Joe Burrow, his, his, his average depth of target is, is, is like historically low um, this year. And so, and Tyler Boyd is usually a guy that, you know, he, he plays, he plays a slot. He's not really a high dot guy himself. So he's, he'll stand the benefit a little bit aside, alongside Jamar Chase. And so if he's still, if he's, if he's on waivers at any point, pick him up, definitely pick him up. All right. The next guy I want to talk about is Jameson Williams. He is, he was drafted in a lot of leagues just as a stash, but there were many, there were many fantasy managers that didn't have the patience to hold him, hold him on the bench. And if he's on waivers, pick him up. Uh, I know he's the ultimate wild card and we haven't seen much out of him. You know, he's had one catch on nine targets for a total of 41 yards and a touchdown. So we don't have a ton to work off of from a data perspective. Hasn't played a lot, had a rough training camp with injuries. And in the preseason, his playing time was a little concerning. He was not running with the starters when the starters were resting. But he's still a first-rounder with upside and blazing speed. And I know the Lions want to get him on the field, especially after the last couple of weeks. We've seen Josh Josh Reynolds face plant and the other backup wide receivers face plant. So he would stand to to benefit if he's given any kind of, you know, you, you know, you, any kind of, any kind of, any any kind of work that he can get down the field, he'd be he'd be pretty useful and, and worth and worth a pickup, and as a you know a stash as of right now, and then lastly you know with the Mike Evans injury in, in Tampa Bay, we've got Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins, both of them both both of them scored a touchdown in Week Four. Trey Palmer did run more routes and saw one less target, but Devin Tompkins was more productive, had five you know four catches for forty five yards and a touchdown. So again, if Mike Evans misses extended time, these are the guys to target. And I believe that it'd be Devin Tompkins right now. Well, Trey Palmer plays more, but Devin, him and him and uh, him him and uh, him and Tompkins will will definitely rotate. Will definitely rotate to you know fill that void for Mike Evans. All right. So lastly, want to talk about tight ends. Not a ton here, but this is one that's probably going to ruffle some feathers a little bit, and pains me to say this, but we got to go to Atlanta. Got to go to Atlanta and Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith, look, he's he's been the most productive tight end in that offense. And I know that offense has not been good from a 
pass volume or a you know pass efficiency standpoint. But we got to address one of the elephants in the room. He's definitely been more productive than Pitts, and I think he's he's earned his way onto the field. We watched that game in London where he was you know Desmond Ritter was trusting Jonu Smith a lot more than he, he was trusting Kyle Pitts. Had six targets. Had 95 yards, which was the single highest amount for any tight end this year. And we've we played four weeks, and that's the single highest uh, total for for any tight end that's played this week or played this year. And so that's saying a lot. That that's saying a lot. He's he, again, he's outproduced Pitts, and I think he's worth a pickup. I mean, he's he's currently sitting at the tight end as a tight end 12 right now. So he's a tight end one in fantasy, and he's less than one percent owned. That's that's one guy that you definitely need to pick up. And then the last tight end to pick up, Logan Thomas, wide receiver for the Washington Commanders. He was, last week, he was second on the team in receiving yards. And he does have a pretty good schedule over at least the next three weeks. And he was, you know, fresh off of his concussion. And he has at least seven PPR points in every game that he's played in. And so you, you want a little, if you want some consistency, he plays every snap and he gets targeted at a decent rate. So if you just want some, if you want some decent floor production, you're not going to get a, not going to really get a ceiling from him. But if you want some decent floor production, you can't you can do a lot worse than than, than Logan Thomas, because again we say it every single year, tight ends a dumpster fire, it's a dumpster fire. So you you want to get guys that are just going to get some sort of points, especially in, your, in in these lineup leagues. Any kind of points at tight end is welcome. And then this is the last one to consider. I know Jake Ferguson, he's he's mostly owned in, in a lot of leagues, at least that I play in, and most leagues in general. But if he's not, he's he's most certainly worth a pickup. You know, Dak Prescott likes to throw to his tight ends, and Jake Ferguson's last game had a seventy had a twenty seven percent target share, turned out in seven catches for seventy seven yards. So you know, career highs across the board. So look, if he if he continues to play, you know, the amount of snaps that he's playing and gets gets a target percentage. On par with that, I mean, he's not going to out-target CD Lamb every single week. That's that's just not going to happen. But he can get, he can have some decent production behind Lamb and behind potentially Brandon Cooks. So Jake Ferguson definitely worth a pickup. So just to recap: quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs, Sam Howell, Matt Stafford, running backs, Jalil McLaughlin, Chuba Hubbard. A couple honorable mentions and slash dashes. Slash, make sure you have these guys on your roster. Zach Charbonnet and Tajay Spears, both rookies. Wide receivers, Michael Wilson, Tyler Boyd, if he's somehow available. Jameson Williams and a couple of speculative ads, Trey Palmer, Devin Tompkins. And that obviously depends on the health of Mike Evans. And then tight ends, Jonu Smith, as much as it pains to say me, but much as it pains me to say that. And then we have then we have Jake Ferguson and Logan Thomas. So that's all I have for you guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you follow. Me at Twitter slash X at just underscore Ico nine. Follow Destination Devi Squad. Tap into a lot of the stuff that we're doing. Good luck in week five. Turn those wires, turn those rosters. I'll see y'all next week. Peace out.